As I search for the white dove, I wonder if she searches for me. Or if my hopes of finding her are nothing more than an ill-conceived fantasy. You see... Salutations, mortals, and welcome to From the Jump. This is Oaken, and I've got one insane creator for you today. This man has done so much that most of you have heard what he's done. You, you might not know it was him because you've been under a rock or nobody informed you. But today we've got Amin with us. Amin, please let these mortals know who you are. Good day, mortals. I'm kidding, I'm mortal as well. Um, I'm Amin Aaron, and uh, yeah, I've made quite a lot of records you might know, quite a few records you won't. Producer, songwriter, uh, sound engineer, vocal producer, um, overall creative, but yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, you've touched on a few things that you've done, but clearly not on, on most of it. You know, the first time I met you was actually when you were still building your old, your original studio that you had at your parents' place. Um, back, yeah. back. Yeah. And like, I think I met you, it was myself. I came through with Lanif and I think it, it was Elaine. Um, I can't, but from there, you know, how you built relationships and then went on to build one of the greatest studios that has been graced by so many talents throughout the South African industry and international industry, you know what I mean? Like, you've done so much, right? Now, the question that I want to ask you, Amin, is when when, when I met you, um, you were working with one artist predominantly, right? Um, I won't go into too much of who that artist was, but what 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 was it about work because you know you work with a lot of different individuals but you don't hop around a lot if you get what i mean like it's not like everybody can work with a mean type of thing it's, it's is there a reason you're selective and is that selectiveness like is it a thing of oh, i only want to work with this person for a year and the rest of the people need to fall back or is it a organic feel of okay i'll see how it vibes yeah uh, um i think a lot of my, uh, a lot of people I work with, I end up having working relationships with them. So it's, it's it becomes more just friends making music in a in, in a in a situation whereby I like to create just comfortable vibes in studio all the time. In the sense that if you have to feel safe to create it on me, like you need to know you're in a safe space to do so and that you're not judged, you're allowed to make mistakes here all the time. So, I mean, my first session I like having with artists, generally, I just, I don't I don't like to make music at all. I just like to have conversation about absolute bullshit and um, see how much we can connect with that. And also that to let you know indirectly that I'm willing to, uh, to be as free as you are around the space so there's no there's no limits um i'm not necessarily selective of who i work with uh apart from unless you're just a terrible energy okay um, got you. but all in all i think um yeah long story short generally artists i end up having ongoing good vibes in studio with i'll more than likely be working with them again 
I'll get, I'll, oh, this is what I was saying. So you've you've been part of a lot of number one hits, um, a lot of people's journeys that led to them becoming some of the biggest artists in South Africa, in on the African continent and beyond. Um, you're you're mostly based in Cape Town, but I, the question I want to ask you is: Is there a reason beyond being from Cape Town that you never decided to go and like settle in Joburg or in Durban or? outside of SA, is there, what is the reason that you decided I'm going to stay where I'm at? I'm not mad at the idea of uh, expanding. Like, um, it's just, if I do, it would have to be worth it. Like, if I had an opportunity to work with, um, have like a dominant uh, situation of work coming in from LA, I'd, I'd be like it. Okay. I I can't say the same thing about Joburg because Joburg has a an extremely niche market in the sense that they make basically three genres and the artists and producers who flourish are the artists and producers who flourish. They do what they do in their genres and they don't ever really venture out of that space. And that's cool, man. There's like there's room for everyone under the sun. Um, but when it comes to what I do, is I, I don't really like the idea of just being uh, abiding to one color scheme. I like the idea of having the ability to make music, not necessarily I make trap, I make I'm a piano, I make gum, I make EDM. Like, dude, I make music. Like I want, I always want to have that wholesome experience to my, like my moment with sound, my uh, ability to share something audible with both a listener or an artist it must always be something wholesome. I don't like the idea of like you, you coming to me for something very specific. Like I like the idea that if you come to me, I have the opportunity to explore that energy. And that's and that's probably why you tend to not record from the jump. It's, it's it's a thing of let's first feel out energies, let's talk, let's have a conversation, and then let's record after. Yeah, I, I like to, I like to evaluate the artist's potential. That's why like I never have beats to ever play to anybody. When people ask me for beats, I never have beats to play anybody. Um, they, the only things that I have, um, I'm sitting in front of my studio computer right now and. The only things that I have are tracks that I've already made for other artists. I like the idea of Taylor making tracks on the spot for somebody. So I'm doing something Taylor made for that person's voice, for that person's vibe, um, and for that person's vocal range. So that 100% of the time you're gonna nail that delivery because you're not you're not trying to stretch in that space. The, to, to do what you did on record like you're doing what you're doing comfortably and everybody can hear you're comfortable and that you're having fun most important and and, so. and and that brings me to another point I mean you've been part of what, what some people would say a controversial moment in uh, South African music um, with uh, with a track that you released recently it was last year right? Yeah, and these see. years are all messed up in my head. Yeah, it was last year that you released the, the track with Youngster CPT and uh, Nadi Anakai, right? Nadi Jafta. Sorry, Nadi Jafta. Um, that was uh, Aina. Yes. 
correct. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, so my, my my thing is that 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 song alone brought up a lot of conversations. It sparked a lot of um, debates. Let's put it like that. And on the music How scene. How much needed conversations, though? Now this is like, this is my question. There we go. That was that was really my question. Was what, did you do this because you wanted these conversations to actually come to the forefront and people to really discuss yeah. these things? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like we always hear the same conversations amongst artists in Cape Town. It's really annoying. Um, it's, it's really annoying because not because it's not true, but just because it's repetitive. But the fact is, it's like the narrative that follows that those conversations are, we don't support each other, but like, when you do, you don't, you look for reasons to bash people you support, you look for, uh, you first, you first kick at the legs before you allow it to stand. Okay, like, okay. I mean, I've known youngsters since we were kids, we used to carpool to school together. like. When he started his rap career, everybody, um, like as 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 is with literally anybody, um, they questioned him. They they approached him with resistance. They they approached his accent with resistance. They approached everything about him with resistance until they started celebrating. And even today, there's still a few people who don't like youngster CPT. Yeah. And that's okay. You're entitled to like what you like, but you know what? For a larger part of Cape Town, Youngster is a musical national treasure. So um, I also salute to that man. We, we come from the same area. Uh, so he's done something good for my city and for my hood. Um, and Nadia Jafta is somebody everybody loves to hate for the very reason that is this toxicity that exists within the city like when we look at brown people winning the concept of brown people winning black people celebrate each other white people celebrate each other brown people pull each other the fuck down like they, like we don't want to see each other win like if i'm in your lane you're my competition not like yo let's learn from each other's mistakes let's actually help each other out you're going this time um, this is your chance. Let me help you. Let me see how, what you do and what, what works for you and see if that works for me. Let me also have the opportunity to learn by your mistakes, but let me help you. Let me, let me push you forward. This is not a mentality that um, naturally was um, or rather naturally is in existence in Cape Town. I've noticed a, a bigger change in the younger generation's approach with that. Um, it's actually a, a reason why I've, I've also been more inclined uh, to collab with 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 uh, more young musicians of like because I mean everybody I know who who started out or even uh, came up during the same time as I did it's like people are so focused and guarding what's theirs that they're not actually noticing. Um, the developments and the changes the industry is taking every day and some people are are doing the right thing with collabs but i i, I mean 
well, I, I'm, I'm gonna try a video I did refrain from like exposing somebody for doing some dumb shit because it's actually a friend of mine but like um there was a new up and coming artist doing the same kind of thing he's been trying for years and he went on a rant into it to try to bash this guy and I was like dude you're an OG in what you do it would have been nothing for you to try and actually approach that kid and collab with him and do something Mm-hmm. um that could be beneficial to you and to him but instead you're you're trying to start to do it before what like that's but, that's that's not how that's not how things work no 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 this is this is the thing do you so think that some school used to be popular but but this is the thing i don't i don't even think it might be a bully thing do you think to a certain extent it's that some of these people that are being seen as ogs like you know when some people look up to people as um role models but they don't ask to be a role model now with some of these ogs that are looked at as ogs do you think that they don't see themselves as from the era before they still think no i'm i'm the guy right now so i'm competing right now it's not i'm not here to impart wisdom i'm here to to still take over i'm here to take everything do you think maybe that might be some of the reason that you know you get these twitter beefs of somebody that should be helping guide somebody shitting on him or trying to shit on him look at the end of the day um when it comes to when it comes to the younger generation the way uh, the music that was their music will always be their music and unfortunately if you're from an older generation it's probably not yours so um yeah it's a, I, i think it's um just a matter of evolution it's, it's a matter of if you're capable of adjusting with the sound um i mean if you look at someone like like jake takes come out that trick came out probably I think possibly around 2008 if I'm not mistaken I think that's when we um, started hearing about him yeah yeah that's when you really started hearing about him. but the fact of the matter is look at the way that man's music both evolved and ultimately managed to stay true to him without necessarily changing small Great, tweaks yeah. to make something speak to the generation that it applies to and act accordingly it's 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 what's needed like if you don't adapt you will die you will be unapologetically weeded out of existence that's a that's a that's a deep way to say it but yes you 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 will ultimately just stop being relevant and nobody will give a fuck anymore you'll die um and that's that's what most artists fear right is and 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 for me this leads me to another question especially about the way that you create music um dude i did the first commercially known drill track so to speak apart from like the pop smoke stuff like ah, the stuff you gave the first I know I know I know that 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 statement can come across as controversial I get it yeah. but I'm not listening I'm not I'm not speaking from the perspective of somebody who knows music I'm speaking from the perspective of somebody who doesn't mm. like a lot of people Okay so you so you talk about like as a casual music. fan Yeah a lot of first people uh, first few people 
um, who listened to drill on a commercial skills first taste was um, what was a great drill track. Like it wasn't pop smoke. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't uh, uh, anybody you could have heard from. Well, from that, but that makes sense, right? It makes sense because what Drake does is he he moves the culture, right? He's so yes. big now that whatever he does. The culture will more or less move with anyway because Drake did it. But notice that notice that it's almost as if he starts to dream. No, but that's what not, I'm saying. He doesn't start to dream. He doesn't start to dream, but he starts to dream. Exactly. Like, it's um, like as soon as he's like, oh no, I'm I'm with this even one. The sound of controller. Everybody was like, ah, Drake started the only genre. No, my friend, that was called Afro swing. Afro oh. swing. <laughs> he just did it first. He just did it first. Controller was just one of those songs that you were just like, um, I mean, you heard it with uh, with uh, what was the other one with uh, Rihanna work that was also mm-hmm. Afro swing. Mm-hmm. How did they sound sound very familiar? Similar mm-hmm. because the genre already existed. People were just by, like taking the sounds that you didn't know yet and applying it to an artist you do, and now bam, you have a movement, commercial no. viable one. Now, I mean, is this is this partly the reason that you create music the way that you do? That you don't always just use samples, but you, you you basically sample your own stuff. You're like, oh, I need to, I need a, the sound of keys jingling. Then you go grab some keys and you record the actual sound a couple of times until you get your own way or something. Like, is that why you enjoy doing it that way, so that it is really authentic and not just a, oh wait, I can put this on that other, you know? Look, I'm always I'm always for the the idea of doing something where it's kind of like. You know, it's something you already know, so it's not something you're necessarily gonna reject because you don't understand. Um, but I'm gonna try and put something you're not used to in, like, like inside of it. Like, I mean, um, with this new record that we just dropped, it's a, it's a reggaeton record um, yeah. with an artist, Chris Kid official, and Chris Kid, um, he is from Equatorial Guinea. And um, Equatorial Guinea, and like, I mean, the whole tracks in Spanish. We managed to put the track out, and um, we actually got uh, more international and uh, Latino um, charts and playlists, um, both on Spotify and on uh, Apple Music. I mean, we, we we're getting more streams of audio than the actual music video right now. It's actually pretty crazy. But um, <clears throat> the fact of the matter is, a lot of listeners have contacted Chris, and something that they found interesting is that, I mean, like I I particularly um, the first the first. Uh, uh, melodic scale I learned on piano was uh, Indian flute. Well, the Indian um, slash Arabic scale, and um, because of that, I enjoy um, making beats with Indian flutes in them. Oh, um, okay. And uh, that's actually been something that I mean, if you spoke to any of my friends from the early two thousands when they heard my, the music I was making back then, mm-hmm. all of them had um, either Oriental symphony or Indian flutes. So that's always been a thing to me. So, um, I mean, my dad's Turkish, so I've, I've been raised with a lot of different types of music at home. So, um, yeah, they, 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 the, the, the Latino um, 
community particularly are enjoying the fact that I've added this uh, Indian flute oriental feel into reggaeton. Ah. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 been like pretty well received. Now, now, okay, let's get to some of the scripted questions because at some point I'm going to have to tie this in with other ones. Now, um, before I get to one of them, here's a quick one off the cuff. Living with V, right? This is not the first time you guys live together. This is the second. You guys have moved, right? Apartments. Yeah, we, we just moved. We just moved. Uh, it's uh, not uh, like not like we had like a temporary separation of sorts. <laughs> now, I, I've, I've spoken to V about this, um, but uh, I wanted to see your viewpoint on it. Your schedules, you know, especially since, you know, with, with him doing the late night show and, and then he's also doing, when we were open, he's got all these gigs that he was always doing and then you're actually, you're in studio, you're with different people, but then you're also mixing your own tracks and creating different things. How did that, work especially because you guys are also such ufc fans um you know like do you guys sleep how do you how do you orchestrate this huh, wow yeah um these sleeping patterns are like a lot of people are amazed at mine but yeah like i'm a mere novice compared to that man like uh he sleeps at the most unpredictable times and happens to be awake at the most unpredictable times. So it's um it's actually quite a quite an interesting situation. Like uh, for me personally, I go to bed anything between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. Uh, but of late, with all the work, all my workload, I, it's been fluctuating between 7 and 8 a.m. Shit. <laughs> but um. On a general good night between one and four, I'm usually up between eight and nine. And um, yeah, I usually, I'm up and I'm literally just, I, I start working. I get straight to work. Uh, my day usually starts with a cup of uh, warm water with lemon coffee and I get straight to work. Um, <laughs> So, so it doesn't. So his, so his schedule doesn't really interfere with yours. Then it's not a thing like. No, not at all. Okay. Like he usually runs missions during the day if he's not asleep, and he manages to sleep through all my my, my noise anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And when he goes to work, I'm still working. And when he comes back from work, I stop. Like I generally look at that as a good time. It's like okay, cool. He's back from work. It's it's just after one. It's it's, it's like you did good. You can stop now. No so, doubt. Yeah. Now, now I also know that you're a very big cartoon, um, anime, um, superhero, supervillain fan. So this question I definitely need to ask you. All right, superheroes or supervillains? Antiheroes? They're they're part of supervillains. All right. They're not nice people, really. So, <laughs> which side would you stand on? I think I know. I have a hunch, right? I got a hunch because I, I see the pictures of your studio. But, <laughs> but which side do you think you're on? Which side are you on, and why? <coughs> um, I'm not on either side, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, most anti-haters actually aren't on either side either. Anyway, like. Deadpool is neither hero or villain, and he literally plays on both sides. Which side would you Which side would you put him on, though? Let, let's be honest. Deadpool. Deadpool. Is he a good guy? 
Like, yes, I know. Actually, it's a serious yes, I know. Like, I at some point, you know, Deadpool kills the entire entire Marvel universe just because, for fun. Just for fun, as there a joke. Go. There we go. Okay, I do under, I understand your point in the sense of not it's not that clean cut whether heroes are heroes or or if they're bad. I mean, the same thing happened with Professor X when when he became uh, what was Ocelot or what was the name of it? Um, I can't remember. Remember when he went fucking crazy? Oh yeah, that was in the comics, not in the not in the not in not in the the. the so anyway, he he goes fucking crazy, and then he he, he literally goes <coughs> up to Olympus and fucking kicks out Thor and all of the all the gods, the Greek gods, and he fucks everything up everywhere. Like he just goes everywhere, and he's like fuck it. And then who stops him is Magneto in the end, right? Who is supposed to be the villain? So I get your view from that point, but if you know you, you, should, you know what you should watch what watch a watch a documentary called Necessary Evil. Um, it's by DC Comics. Um, they have both character designers and uh, criminal psychologists actually analyze the mindsets of supervillains, why they are necessary, and how they bring out the best in the characters, and how they believe that some of them bring the best out of the characters. In fact, I'm actually so mad. Like the last Batman um, movie that came out was mm-hmm. called Death in the Family. Um, but it was it was literally just a like a three-way potential spin-off or uh, potential endings for um, Under the Red Hood, where um, even that story, the animated version, came out shit compared to the comics because in the comics, uh, the Joker doesn't just kill off Jason Todd; he kills off all the Robins and spoilers, Batman. spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. No, it's old. It's old. It's a classic. That's what and, I'm saying. Um, yeah, like he actually tells, uh, he actually tells Batman, like um, these guys have been holding you back. Everything you feel right now will bring out your true potential. I brought out the best of you because I love you and I want to see you do your best against me. You are my best foe. You're that my sounds like foe. the Joker, though. So, dude, killing the whole fucking family. I think he kills Alfred as well. If I'm not mistaken. Like oh, he kills was- everybody. This was the one like, released in 2013, yeah? Yeah, Necessary Evil Supervillains um, of DC Comics. Yeah, yeah. Got you. I'm definitely watching this tonight. All right, okay, wait, wait. Back to the interview. You see what you're doing? <laughs> you were supposed to... You answered the question in such a way that I'm out just researching how to watch this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't uh, have an answer for that question. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I think I think you, you've answered it to the I'm best of... Yeah, I mean, but... If, if you think of about it, if you break it down into a logical, like not a, not a, no, I think this because like, I like heroes or I like villains, but you break it down into, like, let's think like about it. Put it this way. Put it this way. Um, Lex Luthor genuinely believes he's in the right because, I mean, if you think about it, if an alien with godlike powers inhabits mm-hmm. your world, should you not have some sort of line of defense should this motherfucker decide to go rogue? Oh, wait up. Okay, you're back. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, it's um, all good. Yeah, should this motherfucker decide to go rogue? Like, what's your line of defense? Is Lex Luthor really wrong? Okay, all but, he but, wants to do is be safe. But yes, yes, he, yes. He believes you're from another world. You don't have any power that, that can be controlled. So 
My, my answer to that is a, is, is a bit twofold, though. Batman. Batman has a contingency plan for everybody, right? Yeah. He doesn't have to be evil to do that. Why does Lex Luthor have yeah. to be a villain to have a plan for Superman? He, that's not... Yet he's considered the head of the Legion of Doom. The biggest yeah. supervillain organization. Yeah. The Legion of Doom is... Like, like, okay. Yo, you're the hero of the villains, bro. <laughs> I fucking love it. Yeah. So, but that's the thing. That's partly what necessary evil is about. Mm. It's like it validates a lot of the villain's cause in, in in its own right. So it's not necessarily bashing villains. It's or it, it's more um, stating why they believe what they believe. Because I mean, ultimately, even even if you're a bad person, on some level, you're probably still the hero in your own story. But even but even if you're a good person on some level, you're probably the villain in somebody's story. By that exactly. Token. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I think you might have so, just answered that the best way. That's why I can't ever. take a side. Mm. That's why I can't take a side. Damn you! I'm I'm definitely releasing this this episode when people haven't like they got to watch all the other ones first. Like you can't you can't just <laughs> kill the question like that. Damn it, man! I mean. But uh, my question to you is, if there was one opportunity that you definitely missed, like taking, that you were like, oh, fuck, I should have done that one. What was it? Just one. Or was that one you um, didn't want to look, that you were like, damn it, I should have done that. Sure. There's too many of those. There's literally too many of those. Really? With all, all the shit is, you've done? Yeah. All I'll say is, without saying too much, if I could time machine back just 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 maybe four or five years. Yeah. I'd I, I'd redo that. Just four or five years. Put it this way, when V and I moved into Canal Walk, mm. the amount of opportunity with work that came about during that time. And I guess I guess there were just we we were also doing a lot. And because of that um I guess my focus shifted. So um I wasn't as focused on all the opportunities that a lot of uh good ones ended up slipping away. Okay, okay. That's fair enough. But do you but I mean look at the same time we speak about you being a producer and, and the music part of stuff, but there, there is also other things that you do. I mean, you do move around helping people when it comes to video shoots, when it comes to just just even giving your opinion on different aspects of the industries that some of these people move through. Um, I mean, I've seen you be at, at places where people are selling beats, where you just, you know, just there. You're not even really there trying to impose yourself on people. Um, now, my question is, do you do you do this because you genuinely want to see the industry grow in an authentic manner, or is it because you just don't like being in the spotlight that much? <laughs> um, what's now? That's actually that's actually quite funny. <laughs> um, uh, a bit of both. A bit mm -hmm. of both. You like these bit um, of both answers. <laughs> yeah, like here's my thing, like. Like, bro, I'm a helmet. I'm a fucking oh, helmet. I'll, I'll stay at home. 
I'll stay at home and love it. I'll make my house so fucking comfortable. Like, I have friends that don't want to fucking leave. Like, for real. That's like, my, uh, so many of my friends just end up losing time at my place because, like, yo, my house is a fucking cave of wonders. I, like, mm-hmm. I literally just uh, make it speak all my interests and just, yeah, like, this is, this is, this is, my, this is my happy place. And um, basically, um, when I am, when I have to leave, I, I don't mind like partying. I don't, I really don't. But I'm not going to be the guy to suggest to go party. Oh, but really? if you get to the party and I want to be there, holy fucking shit, have me fucking caged or arrested. But <laughs> yeah, like if it doesn't happen, it happen itself. <clears throat> but yeah, like. Um, I can be a complete maniac, but I can also be completely introverted. Like, um, I found out recently that uh, <laughs> I have some sort of personality type called, um, I, I don't know the exact thing it's called actually, but it's like, it's a type of autism okay. where I'm, I, I'm like literally like bordering on the spectrum. So that that was actually one of the key things that came up on the the personality traits that um like i'm both i can be both extremely extroverted and extremely introverted um oh. and there's no really telling when which side will will, will will take the forefront okay so, so yeah like there times where i just want to chill and not do anything and that's a lot of the time but if you convince me to come out like <laughs> then you're going all the way out <laughs> yeah and now, wait, this this is now, so, and you live with V. Yeah. So it's like, if there's somebody that's there to convince you, it's fucking Vadim, though. Like, if there's one person is <laughs> like, damn, he might be able to convince me and he lives with me. That's, you that's know what's wild. the worst part is that, that V is, in general, he's a good salesperson. Yeah. Like, that's why he really killed shit in retail when he was working at retail, in retail stores back in the day. But the problem with that is he can sell himself a bad idea too. So, yeah, he's he's been uh, he's been quite a. Uh, uh, you uh, fucking hit uh, the like, nail on the head. Pioneering role in the most, like yeah, to some of the most uh, biblical stories that we yeah. have to share. So, um, we'll keep those off the record. Uh, thank you very yeah. much. I'm I'm not doing that on the show. No. Maybe on season four or some shit. No, 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 no. We're not letting that out of the bag yet. Um, so um, I mean, there's we're almost done. I, I do know that your time is very, very precious. You know, you guys, as I said, you don't sleep, so you're almost probably looking at your computer like I need to do work. Um, so I actually only have two more questions of um, for you. Um, the one is uh, it's gonna be a bit tough, um, but I I, okay. I wanna hear what your answer is um artist wise that you've worked with right who was your most enjoyable person to work with i'm not talking about like which song was you know like the got the most accolades and all of that i'm just saying like the artist that you to work with this person was like damn that was like it was like a breeze like i'd do that any other day again i think um like uh if there's if there's one artist that um of of late that i worked with um that's just 
just really quick. Um, I would have to say it's probably Youngster. Just because, like, studio sessions with him aren't normal studio sessions. Mm. He'll book, like, maybe a three-hour session. He'll knock three tracks out in 20 minutes. I guarantee you that. Like, it's it's scary. Like, dude, you know, the vocals for Aina, he interrupted a studio session of mine that was, like, currently in session with clients. And he's like, thank you, my bro. I'm just going to come drop in some, uh, like, <laughs> drop your verse, though. Like, as if it, as if he was going to drop it off on a flash. Get the mic ready. He's coming into late now. And I was like, guys, I'm sorry. I like, I've been waiting for these vocals for three months. Can can we just give Quick me a first. few minutes? And we're like, yeah, sure. Like, they were more just kind of starstruck by Youngster, I guess. Mm. And um, Young came in and, like, he literally laid in all his takes in single takes. Um, the only two takes we didn't use were two other options he gave me for delivery options on the chorus. He's like, should I do it like this or should I do it like this? And um, those were the only two takes we didn't use. And I chose one of the two and was like, okay, well, I'll just do this now. Okay. And it was literally as fast as it was to lay down. It was like, that's always the, the, the case with Young. Like yeah. you'll knock out, come through with maybe three or four tracks to record. Um, we'll probably knock him out within 20, 30 minutes. Um, because the thing is with the youngster, he doesn't forget things and he comes rehearsed. So, like, you're spending the rest of the time probably just smoking a hubbly with him and having the most insightful conversations of music, life, life in music, and just, <laughs> just theories and ideas that creatives kind of expand on together. So, yeah, exactly. like youngster is, is by far like one of the is is one of the best people to work with just because, like, um, he brings a lot of interesting conversation to the table, and he's actually just he comes rehearsed and doesn't give any hassle. Like, where lots of people come in and maybe lay down vocals and tell you to double it because they're not happy with your vocal, not knowing why they're actually doubling the vocal. Like, you never double that part in a million years. Why you do what you're doing? That's not why you double. Like your take was cut, do it again. Like don't double it. Can't polish it. Youngster understand that. Like if you're coming in, come with, come come here and have it already done the way you want to hear it in your head. Know know that you can execute that way. Yeah, you're right. It is I a... guess on some level also he knows himself and knows what yeah. to expect of himself. So that when he comes in, he knows what he wants to hear and knows what to do with himself to actually get his desire to go. It's never too far a case of expectation versus reality with him. I can know what to expect. Hey, he knows what to do. Shout out youngster CPT for real. Shout out, shout out the man, man. Um yeah. all right, so last question. Yeah. So, no, you sorry you were saying? I interrupted you. No, I was just saying, saying salute to the youngster as well. Awe, awe. Uh, so, last question. Um, I mean, with literally all all of the lives you've touched, all the the great songs that you've produced, helped create, like just being in studio for. Because I know there are some sessions where you like, you you know, it's like being a like being a rapper or being a poet or whatever. So there's some sessions, studio sessions where you're there but you don't do nothing. You just you're also just there to be there. And you're just like, all right, cool. Yeah. Let's vibe. 
let's see what's going on. Let me also feel, you know, the energies. Um, so throughout all of these things, if there was one up and coming artist, you know, um, that really wanted to to find out and pick your head, and you could you only had the time to give him one one answer, just one. What piece of advice would you give him? Don't limit the idea of learning to any one particular thing. Um, I feel as a as an artist, you need to be more than just an artist these days. I feel like you need to be autonomous to have your hand in anything and not depend on anybody for that matter. Like, I feel like on some level, we're all waiting for some rich white man to set our dreams uh, a cell. Like, some, somebody's gonna sign you, somebody's gonna be an investor. Like, no more friends, you have to work your fucking ass off. Uh, you have to do responsible shit with your money. Don't go buy some dumb ignorant shit so that you can impress like five of your friends, making them think that you're doing something significant with your career. Go buy some fucking good gear to make good quality music. Uh, buy some 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 gears and invest in uh, some camera gear to shoot your own videos, your own content, your own photos. Learn Photoshop, learn Adobe Premiere, learn After Effects, learn DaVinci um, Resolve, learn these things, learn Lightroom, do the things that um, require you to meet your audience at the best fucking level that they are, they are already used to. Um, there's no time to, to, to give them some half-assed shit or they're going to see you as a half-assed trying artist. They don't have time for people like you. They don't have, they already have what they want and they already have what they used to. Damn. So if you're not coming in at that, uh, that that level, why should they listen to you? Like they're not trying to, trying to, trying to be sympathetic towards you musicians, superstars, give us hope on some level that in <laughs> our gentle mundane lives that, you know what, achieving something impossible is possible. So they're not necessarily Shit. trying to trying to trying to play up to your sympathy story. Yo, you killed so, that answer right there, man. Yo, <laughs> I'm, I, like I don't mean to sound cranty, but like there's 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 really a level of um, understanding that people like to receive that, um, or rather receive from, because when you have, I mean, like. Think about it. Somebody trying to hound you with a SoundCloud link versus um, music that you organically stumble on because it's good. Like, how do you make music that people organically stumble on? What's the bridge from there to that? How are you not hounding people like, please listen to my SoundCloud link with a picture that I took on BBM? <laughs> edited with pic mix um, like do something, do something presentable make it like like um, I had somebody tell me the other day like um, like I heard it multiple times actually over these last few months people say you're acting too professional I'm like thank you like yeah it's, it's because I'm, I'm working hard like wait you're acting too professional. professional yeah 
I'm confused. I'm like, okay, cool, I'll take it. So like, like dude, <laughs> I am motivated as fuck. Um, I uh, I overproduced testosterone. It's something that that's apparently a thing with my dad's family because it's a Turkish thing. Um, and we don't we don't really have uh, uh, an off switch in the sense of like, you know what. If that's what you want, that's what you're gonna do, and you're gonna go down swinging, but you're not gonna go down quitting. So, like, you're not gonna go down because you made an excuse because, on some level, um, your laziness managed to trick your ass to believing that, um, you know, what you're not at the resources to achieve what you had, or you're not, I don't know, whatever living, limiting belief you're trying to tell yourself, like, nah. That kind of conversations nobody gives a fuck about. You're either doing something about it or you're not. And There we go. A lot of people like like the idea of you know what? Let's play dress up. Let's act like artists, but like not actually act in the business sense of being an artist and actually achieving the things you want to talk about. Like we are here to do shit for real. So, yeah. Nah, I mean that's that's real talk right there, man. That's not even hate. That's you didn't say that with any malice. That was literally advice. That's that's real advice right there. It's like, yo, that's, you can complain about shit all day, or you can do somebody. something about it. You know? Yeah, like that's the kind of advice I really give to somebody because, I mean, one of the reasons I I I do what I do is because I believe I have something to offer and. Um, that when I see artists actually um, with potential, the kind of potential I, I, I both believe or invest in, like I would rather give you the hard truths than have you waste your talent um, falling into the basic um, scripted stupidities, like most new artists do not because they are anything more than product of the uneducated predecessors literally just don't do dumb shit actually focus on the things like you know what to get to a to b, from a to b like evaluate what it is that is your obstacle or your means of getting there and just do that Like, don't worry about the noise. Don't worry about the bullshit that comes in between. Nobody's got time for that. Because somebody, and I guarantee you, somebody, um, even if you manage to make one one form of success, somebody else is working harder than you today, willing and trying to take your number one spot out. No, so, no doubt. <laughs> like, you have to constantly be working. Comfort is not something that is an option for too long. So I believe in balance. I think work your ass off and take a moment to yourself, but work your ass off every fucking day. Now, just just to add on to that, just something we were speaking about off camera. Um, uh, when it comes to adding to your toolbox, you know, do you think that enough artists? Because sometimes you go a route and it's it's just not your route, right? So you you pivot, you redirect, and when you redirect, you go to something, and that might be where you need to be. But do you think enough people take the lessons that they learned at wherever they thought they were supposed to go, right, and apply it? I'll give you an example. 
So there was a point in time where I was like, you know what? I have all this gear. Let me learn how to start making music. Let me learn, you know, the, the, besides the vocal aspects of it, but let me learn what's on the other <laughs> side, you know? Um, and we had a lot of conversations about it, right? What happened later on was I didn't make beats, but I learned how to clean my vocals. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I readjusted the knowledge that I got to assist me to, with something like now. I'm sitting on from the jump. Who do you think cleans the vocals for the show? The whole season one, most of season two, it's me. So it's it's what I'm asking you is, do you think enough people take the skills that they learn off of something that might have been a failure in their view and apply it somewhere else where they are now or were led to which might be better? I don't know. Um, like like I said, uh, complacence and comfort can can do can do a lot to, to even 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 people in the most fortunate of positions. Like I saw um, I saw producers um, come up before. Uh, I've seen how when um, a certain level of achievement. Um, is achieved uh like um wait i feel like i'm saying this wrong like if you if like with a little bit of success there's almost a a lack of um effort being put into the quality of their work so you'll find um people aren't engineering songs anymore um aren't necessarily trying to mix and master the process quickly i've seen like established producers even like record on a bad quality mp3 monster than the release as is okay and, so you're saying yeah, basically like, some of these guys the hunger just isn't there anymore that love that real the hunger, the drive drops, the hunger drops the hunger drops i mean uh like you know we spoke about we spoke about mma earlier on with mm. my housemate and like I feel like martial arts, um, I mean, coming from a martial arts background as well, like, it teaches you that you can never be too comfortable. It teaches you that, um, I mean, like, even if we had to take a very public example, like uh, Conor McGregor's lost to Dustin Poirier a few weeks ago, um, we had a case of a hungry and broke Irish man who promised himself that he will be noticed, promised himself that he will be uh, the number one fighter in the world and champion of the UFC, promised himself two title belts, doing something that's never been done in history, challenged himself to fight one of the greatest boxers of all time. A hungry man turned a millionaire. Mm -hmm. A millionaire turned to a comfortable man. Mm -hmm. A comfortable man turned to a loser. That's how the cookie crumbles. As yeah. they say, complacency. Yeah. So, so would it not be better to stop before becoming complacent, or find a way to pivot before you you start losing your stock, so to say? Again, I feel like life will challenge you to adapt every day. I think your ability to adapt will naturally do as nature intended mm, if you're true to that like i feel like if you're gonna follow a pattern every day just because it worked once eventually that will happen eventually you will you will run out 
but I feel like if you have a common thread to uh, your own sense of identity, regardless of what you do, people always know. I mean, like if you think about back in the day, um, we listened to some of the greatest producers of all time. Um, all of them had their own signature sounds. Nobody sounded like the Neptunes. Nobody sounded like Fernal. Yep. Nobody sounded like Timberland. Nobody sounded like Swiss Beats. Um, producers today all sound the same. They all use their own sounds, like all the same sounds. Like nobody's actually trying to necessarily cook up something new, something creative. Um, it's entirely uniform. So, <laughs> I say if, 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 if this is the world that we live in, then at least make more sound, at least make multiple genres, at least try and explore with a very least that, that attitude could spin off into a generation of possibly musicians who have a sense of identity again. Got you, got you. Damn, that's actually very deep to think about. Um, I'll even think about that for a while because what, what you're saying about it, I think it, it, it goes into more than just music. I think it happens in a lot of industries and people don't take note of it. Either they're too scared to or they just like to lie to themselves. Well, that- it's, it, it makes sense, right? Like on a marketing sense to be almost unithreaded just because it's easier to market something that has a singular direction. But it's harder to market something that is that, that that is that is you can't contain wildfire, you can't contain a fucking river entirely. I mean, I, I guess you could with a fucking dam, but like it's besides the fucking. You you you'll need the tools. Right. You, you can't do it without the tools. <laughs> on, 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 on. But the fact of the matter is, it's, it's a raw energy. Like yeah. the second you contain that, you are ultimately limiting it. No, I get you. I get you. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been From the Jump with Amin. Amin, please plug yourself. Let these people know where they can get you, where they can find you, how they can contact you, send you music, ask you questions, all of that. Um, um, I've been thinking of changing my, my, my Instagram name just because it's fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking of changing it from Amin Aaron to Amin Aaron on everything because I actually am Amin Aaron on everything so there we go yeah um, right, it right. might be one of those too so if you find me um, it will be one of those well I'll be throwing it up somewhere or everywhere here so people should just yeah. look out for it um, but Amin thank you so much my brother for coming through I know this was like you know your time I know you guys really don't have a lot of it. So thank you for coming through, sharing some of your knowledge. I know people are definitely going to learn from this. Um, So yeah, no, blessings upon blessings, brother. And I know you got some new tracks that you're hiding. Oh, no, for real. No, I'm coming down to Cape Town as soon as we work out all our border situation, COVID things. But my hopes of finding her are nothing more than an ill-conceived fantasy. You see, I constantly think about one, yet seem to dream about another, making it almost impossible to visualize myself being...